Human beings have been sharing stories for hundreds of thousands of years. And with those stories came the emotional, spiritual, and physical knowledge of the ancients. Shaman Durek, a sixth generation shaman and best selling author of Spirit Hacking, bridges the gap between science and spirituality and brings us back to our roots. He's here to bring forth the ancient wisdom of our elders, to help heal and bring happiness into our modern society. The time has come to end codependency and put the power back into people's hands. Welcome to the tribe. What is the shaman school? No. You're not going to be studying to pursue a career in shamanism or to bang a drum. The definition of shamanism is one who understands relationship. The shaman school offering reminds you how to have a better relationship with things and how to nurture these relationships, whether it be with yourself, the food you eat, the people you meet, your ancestry, community, the global community, animals, nature, and so forth. My goal is to demystify spirituality, to add a bit of science and understanding of how things operate in the energetic planes. The Shaman School's no nonsense teaching explores all faculties of experience from the physical, the emotional range, the mental capacity for information, dialogue, lexicon, energy, perception, awareness, how to understand the energy of currency, and so much more. Fundamental education teaches the basics that we need in society how to read, write, add, subtract, pay our bills, or how to become doctors, artists, mechanics, etc. But the Shaman School is a school that we all should have been a part of, one that offers the additional tools needed to better understand who we are, why we think the way we do, what's going on behind the scenes, and what we are actually seeing and processing. Are you living well? Are you paying bills just to keep the roof over your head? Are you in a relationship but not fulfilled? Satisfaction cannot be lowered anymore by the inability to recognize possibility. Living well means fulfilling your ideas and your goals and your dreams and having the best time doing it. In the Shaman School, I have extracted the best from all of the world philosophies, religions, spiritual teachings, and theories, offering a juice without pulp that will empower your life. The Shaman School invites you to a world where you're able to seize the tools of understanding, where you're able to have fun and have more because you deserve more. Go to shamandurek.com and click on the Shaman School for the first step toward ultimate happiness and an understanding of your truest self. Let's make things easier and not harder for our life. We deserve that. See you soon. Hello, tribe, and welcome to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. And if anyone hasn't told you how amazing and powerful and awesome you are, and then everyone every day should be hearing that and seeing that and experiencing that in you, through you, because that is what you represent, because you believe it, you know it, and you accept it as your truth. That is what I want to hear in your being, in your energy, every single moment, every single day. That is why 
I say what I say to you because you're so powerful, amazing, and beautiful, inspirational, and clever, and deep, profound, sensual, passionate, loving, nurturing, understanding, kind, generous being. You are a lit leader of legacy, and don't you ever forget it. Yes. <laughs> so I'm just really happy to be here with you to share love connection and resource so that we can continue to up level our global community and as we continue to move into these new areas of energies what we have to understand is that there's a lot of conflict that's about to take place on the earth and that conflict is only playing itself out because human beings still need to hold on to their righteousness and their need to be smart over someone else or feel that they're making the right choice over someone else. And it's going to play out in so many different social communities. And so this is to give you an insight to prepare yourself for what's coming and not to be so caught up in the drama or the energy of it because again it's just another big distraction from the real thing that's really important and that is you taking in all these powerful energies that are coming in right now into the universal field that's coming from all of the off-worlders and beings of light that are transmitting messages to you to be able to prepare you to be able to ride through all of these challenges that are you're going to be presented in your society and in your culture and in the things that you see around you, right? And then be able to move through them with ease and grace, therefore leading the way for other people to move into that space as well once they see you. Because remember, a movement starts with one person and then three people and then six people. And then before you know it, everyone starts joining in. So creating a movement in everything that you do, right, that is for the betterment of our species and our planet and the animals is a great way to create what we call the source connector, right? A source connector is that you as a human being are operating in the intelligent field of bringing people into things that are actually replenishing them and resourcing them so that they can go out and do the same. As we move into all of these different energy frequencies, there's several frequencies that are about to take place within the next five, six months on planet Earth. And those frequencies are going to be, you know, reliant upon pulling people away from their core energy and getting them fully engaged in energies about being right and righteous and standing up for causes that, again, are being manipulated to make people feel that there is a conflict there when actually the conflict is coming from the matrix and then projected into society, into community, where the community goes insecure and then begins to act out from that place and then lash out at anyone they feel that is not accepting them or that is opposing them. And so... In this process of this, what we, I call this confusionary uh, field of, of energy that's causing this resonant vibration to lift itself out of the lower density energies and move it through the consistency and resistance of the duality. And once it makes its way through, the patterns of release are going to be really intense for a lot of people. So a lot of people are going to take on this attitude of like righteousness and what are you doing and how are you talking about this and what kind of things you need to be doing. And in fact, a lot of those things are going to be coming from their own places of lack and limitation and the idea that, that the more righteous they get and the more clever they get over the, what they think needs to be clever over, the more they feel responsible and they feel like they're doing something from the places inside where they're telling themselves they're not doing enough. Don't be one of those people. There is a beautiful moment that is taking place 
within this period on earth, where as those people are engaging in into all of the folly that is being presented, there's also another group of people who are now being uploaded you know what I mean uploaded meaning like you download and then upload from the Venetian Venus energy so the Venus energy is going to be moving into the energy field and that Venus energy is going to start filling up the body so that the person who is getting filled by that Venus energy is going to start seeing love without duality being able to accept people not by what you're told is right and wrong but through the place of understanding the harmonizing balance of all things so even if you're looking at someone who you think in society they say is wrong, you're actually going to be see the heart of that person is this energy of light. And you're going to be able to speak in a way that it makes that light expand and radiate and become bigger. Now, the ones who are going to get pulled away into the resistance are going to be much more combative and frustrated and agitated and wanting to create all types of groups and things that make people feel like they have to create it that way in order for these things to change, which is, again, incorrect because change doesn't just occur because a group of people get together and believe one thing. Change occurs when you're able to bring love and understanding of what it means to transmutate one energy into the next while holding a greater vision for that energy to arrive into. So like you could be focusing on something that irritates you, but you can't move from that irritation until you find the source of what caused that irritation. And then you have a place to bring that irritation in for its new, what we call evolutionary process. That means that you've already created a dream and that dream supports that energy moving into it with a newfound consciousness and new energy that creates a greater connection and greater resource for humanity. So as we begin to recognize, okay, so the seed of this energy, right, is the deception seed. It's the seed of, you know, judgment and the seed of lack combined with the idea that money and power have some type of an energy between who has and who doesn't represents who gets respect and who doesn't when in fact that's going to start unraveling and so what's going to happen is you have all these people who have paraded themselves around to get respect from people because they have money so they can pay for what they want and live the life they want and treat people how they want a lot of those situations are going to shift and all the people who've been feeling like they've been treated bad are going to start rising up against these people and these people in this social group group is going to find that the people that they are so used to paying their bills and giving them, you know, the the things in their life so, so that they can put up with a lot of the drama and the tension and the negative thinking and negative speaking and, and attacking and projecting and all this stuff onto them is actually going to unravel and they're not going to be able to have the ability to handle that level of, of change within them that they can't continue to project their ugliness, their wickedness their uncomfortableness, their insecurity, or any of these things onto another person and then demonize that person and make them wrong and then feel amazing about themselves because they live a different life and they have money and they have this and they have that. And so they'll keep parading that around, or should I say peacocking that around, when in fact that all of that's going to be pulled from underneath and released out, you know, to be cleansed and purified. So when these things happen, it's important for us to be in a space right? A beautiful space, a wondrous space, a magical space, 
where we can lay our head down. We can turn the frown upside down and have a merry good time. A magical place where we can explore. We can explore outer space and we can touch the star and know it's not too very far. A place for us to be free, a place for us to meet, a place for us to greet, a place for us to eat, a splendid moment where we get to recognize that life is so beautiful when it's coming in our eyes. We start to realize that life. Life is so beautiful, and life is so grand, and life is so wonderful when we're together, hand in hand, and life is so magical when we see the stars go by and life is so wonderful when we watch the ocean by high in the sky Oh, but we can't continue to feed the negativity. We've got to live our life and say no more to strife. We've got to let ourselves be free. So life is so wonderful when we live in our love and life is so beautiful when we share it with someone else we can live a life of dignity we can live a life where we are free we can live a life that we can share together forever together forever life is so wonderful when we shine our light life is so wonderful when we shine our light so when we go into that space 
of realizing how wonderful life is, no matter what's going around us, no matter what we see, no matter what people tell us, no matter what the news says, no matter what the magazines say, no matter what anyone says to keep us in a state of conflict with ourselves and with the world and with other people because we feel that they could or should be making different choices, we don't realize that the energy of that choice that they made has been already set up because of the things that they've been experiencing. That means no one has shared a better dream with them that's possible than the one that they're wrapped up in. And if we continue to get mad at them, it just makes them hold on stronger to their dream that's causing a lot of chaos and pain and suffering and death and God knows what else it's creating, right? But when we hold our dream of the possibility outside of that dream and we stay strong within it, then we begin to be noticed and they begin to move into our space. And therefore, the influence of that energy then creates a new dream for them to dream into. And it unlocks all of these codes inside of us that decide if we should or we shouldn't react to something in a negative or positive way. So we move into that deeper space, that deeper knowing that we've never been able to reach because of the bombardment of distractions and because there's so many people who are continually operating in this fear that they have to keep crashing down on every single person that they feel isn't doing the quote unquote right thing. And instead of looking at it as an opportunity to see the bigger picture and to see the weavings of evolution play itself out in each individual so that we are able to see the full landscape of what's in front of us versus to be able to see the itsy bitsy parts and then get upset about that because we can't see further because we're too caught up in our judgment and our need to be right. And then we go into this kind of system of, you know, creating a belief for us to believe into, even though it is completely goes against everything that actually brings us the greatest level of love, happiness, joy, freedom, and bliss. So the energy exchange that's happening in right now and what will continue to happen will be about merging these dualities into one another to create what we call synergy, the defined wholeness of all parts of the masculine feminine energy merged into oneness to allow the blossoming and blooming of all flowers, no matter shape, sizes, however, able to exist and coexist one together in the most loving and harmonious way so that the energy itself begins to ripple out to every other person who's feeling it and then be able to teach them how to connect in the most greatest way so that they can feel this energy so that they can move through the new waves of transformation that are taking place on the planet as the old vibrations are being lifted and then the energy that comes in is actually moving the system to move in a different location and build a different home and build a new understanding of a city that creates new intelligence and new innovations that moves people from their lower dimensional self and into their heart self with the complete heart opening that they're able to perceive and receive from spirit and then bring out in their speaking so that way when people hear them, they're able to make a transition so that they can lift the veil, pull the veil back and see into the understandings of the technology 
of what caused us to act in these ways and also see the technology that leads us out of this hole that we've dug ourselves into and move us into the river of great perception and the fire of the great perceiver that dances in this imminent space that lives within us and has already seen the multidimensional layers of our being and is now actualizing it through the body, through the emotions, through the mind and the spirit so that the energies begin to flux and flux in different locations of the earth and people begin to move into an understanding of, oh, wait a second, this is not what this is about. This is about harmony. How do I move my energy and transverse into that space without blowing up too many people's consciousnesses that make them even more scared of entering that space that they begin to see with the understanding that they can speak and share new information without being afraid what they hear and then be able to move into a space where they can live and connect to each other through intellect that goes beyond the senses of what they've been taught as good or wrong or this or that and be able to move it into a, what we call symbiotic energy formation that actually connects into every human being simultaneously and multidimensionally and parallel dimensions and so much more. The rippling effect that we spoke about earlier then becomes a tidal wave of new innovation, new energies that begin to disrupt the patterns of every single person on the planet so that they can begin to fine tune their expression of love in a way that qualifies and connects to animals, trees, and nature, and human beings. The resource of that collection is being able to trust and dynamically accept what is ever being present in any situation is always coming from a place that there's a higher learning where people can begin to see and move through, through the balance. And therefore that energy then shifts again and creates a new transformation of energy and all of that, which we get to be a part of and participate in the more and more we get out of this scarcity, fear-based energy. And then think because we choose to you know, go in our lives and play this this role that this machismo role that we think we're playing and actually has been completely registered incorrectly because the people and the energies who play those games don't really seek peace. They don't really seek harmony. They don't really seek contentment. They don't really seek any of those things because at the end of the day, they were willing to hurt someone because they didn't understand them, relate to them, get them, or feel like they were invited in their space. And that creates a lot of problems. We have the ability to change those problems, but in order to change them, we have to change from within. With the step into within and change from within. The energy that we operate from is so held in fear because we keep being projecting the fear through our conversations, through the things we see on TV, through the things we keep experiencing. So we keep associating anything that is dark or different or a genius as a fear-based energy. And that fear-based energy then begins to cloud our, and our minds and we become consumers of this energy without really tapping in and getting in touch with that part that is asking to be held and touched and nurtured, but is not. And so therefore the energy becomes even stronger 
And it becomes this very weird space for us because we're so disconnected. Instead of touching and connecting and holding hands, we're so busy like walking like robots down the street to work, to office, to school, to this, to that. Everyone's like, okay, I am a robot. I'm going to sit in this space and be this robot. But even still, even in that space of being that, you're able to move beyond the layers, the deeper layers where the heart of hearts lives. That place where there is no suffering, there is no death, there is no decay. There's only joy. There's only freedom. There's only love. There's only whatever it is you can imagine. That's the greatest thing. It's all there. And we leave that place, set up everything we're experiencing. So the purpose of removing that frequency, and as we lift the other frequencies, we begin to move into ascension in fifth dimensional 5D consciousness. People will say, oh, I'm in 5D consciousness. No, you're not. You're not possible to be in 5D consciousness. I'm not even 5D consciousness. I'm in four. That allows me to see the separation and also the energy of the grand conclusion, which is that the energy itself will move in sync with the person or whomever that is operating from that field of love and intelligence. So therefore, that means that you have to be careful that when you're around people of this nature, that you're not taking in empathic imprints from them because you're so turned on, you're so tuned in, but instead you're connecting the energy frequencies and pulling them one by one through that relationship, through that interaction, through that meeting, whatever it may be, You are pulling them into a place where they're able to fully feel the expansion of energy and be able to recognize that energy with play and fun. And that creates another world of power, another world of energy that can't be tapped in the same way that power was tapped in in the Western world. It has to be tapped in in a different way, in a ceremonial way that allows the energy to flow through the body and the meridians and open up the points where they're supposed to be opened up so that you're able to access those in the most easiest and effortless time. So what am I saying? I'm saying that we have a right to do these things, but we're only going to step into that place if we're operating from fear, 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 fear. So again, we have that power and that power is supreme within each and every one of us. We have the power and that power is so powerful. And I'm so very grateful and thankful for all of you, for each and every one of you. So grateful. And I love you and I appreciate you and I see you. And ugh, I love everything about you. <laughs> love you. Hey, tribe. So the tribe wants to hear from you. And I know a lot of you are talented out there in music and poetry and recipes and ideas and just, you know, things that you want to share with the tribe. You can send that information to info at shamandurek.com and share your gifts with the tribe. Love you all and stay lit. Hi, tribe. Another tribal share. I'm happy to share some music with you and your community. And it is heart opening music. Good to connect with ourselves. This music is from Piano Alani. Also heart opening music. So please find this person at Instagram at P-I-A-N-O-A-L-A-N-I. Enjoy. A love song. 
Buenos dias, my name is Alan Sauter Mendes, also known as Piano Alani. And I play the piano live for, for online events, online workshops, and I also co compose um, personalized songs for brands. So my mission right now is to bring the people from uncertainty into higher emotions by playing some awesome live music. <laughs> and also that we realize that everyone, each of us, is good enough, no matter what happens externally. So, yeah, maybe you notice my English isn't perfect, I know. <laughs> right now, I'm going to share something with you. I'm honored to share my own composition. The name of the composition is Happiness. And right now is the time where many things happen external, externally that we can't control. And I think in these times it's even more important to have some moments for ourselves, to also feel some gratitude for the things we've already got. So I invite you to feel some gratitude by hearing this song or just enjoying it. There's no right or wrong. And um, have a nice rest of your day. And I said enjoy happiness. But this song I'm sharing right now is Love Song by me. So enjoy Love Song. It's something hard opening for you today. And if you like it, um, let me know. Let's get in touch on Instagram. Um, my name is Piano Alani.
Hey Tribe, we're going to take a short break to hear from one of our amazing sponsors, who is Lit Verified. The Lit Verified store is open. But what does Lit Verified mean? Lit Verified is an acknowledgement and stamp of approval by the tribe. I have tried each of these products and they are the best. Lit Verified products vary from beauty, technology, clothing, food, health, and wellness, and anything that is ethically sourced, organic, maintained, and sustainable. Not every product offered to the team passes the Lit Verified test. No, not at all. Every Lit Verified product is carefully researched. Every CEO has been met with. Every ingredient carefully looked into the process production of all of it. I have seen the impact these vendors are making. Their vision and ethics are aligned with our tribe, with people who are consciously supporting community and want to make a difference in our world and make it a better place for us. Lit Verified products are ethically sourced and meet the highest industry standards. When purchasing Lit Verified products, we give back by creating sustainability and by leading the world to make better choices. You can be confident that you're buying into a company that supports a vision for change, not just a company that wants to line their pockets with money. We live in a time where we are oversaturated by commercials, TV, and social media, where far too many celebrities and influencers are endorsing things they know nothing about and things they might be doing damage to people, to the earth, and to animals. With Lit Verified, we've taken that doubt out of the equation. You're not only getting the best, but you're also doing the best. Pick up your awesome Lit Verified items at shamandurek.com and click on the link that takes you to Lit Verified. Love well, tribe. All right, tribe. Time to hear from our special guest. Hello, Tribe, and welcome to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. And if anyone hasn't told you how amazingly powerful, beautiful, and just this divine you are, let me be the first to tell you, because I'm really happy that you're on this planet, that you're here to be the lit leader of legacy, holding down that beautiful energy as you are in everything that you're doing in the world and living that truth in your purpose so beautifully. And I'm just happy that you've shown up today to support the world by listening and sharing with the tribe to listen to the amazing soul that we are bringing into studio today. And this amazing soul, let me just go into Tell you a little bit about our history. From the first day that I met this man, I have felt such a strong connection to him, not just in this life, but in other lifetimes, as well as just the love and the devotion he has to bringing wisdom and information to the planet, to be able to get us into a place of returning to our center and being able to hear that clarity of truth that we all represent so beautifully. However, sometimes we get distracted from, you know, and I'm just really happy that that he is able to come onto the podcast with Ancient Wisdom today. This is the beautiful soul, Shannon Alego, who is the most amazing man. And when you stand next to him and look at him, you're just like an ah. So literally, I would be out of town or be in New York on business and bump into him. And every, every moment is just like just a beautiful day because he brings such light to the planet. You know, he's named one of the 35 under 35 and wellness to watch. Wonderlust, Shannon Lego is celebrated speaker by so many people. 
He's a writer, a life coach, a yoga nidra, and meditation teacher. His popular podcast, Soul Feed, features interviews with iconic cultural and spiritual leaders like Deepak Chopra, Carolyn Miss, Marianne Williamson, Daniel Manderic. Oh, <laughs> <Jean> Manderic. <laughs> Sorry, See, I broke okay. the rules. He, 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 he broke the rules. Okay, well, whatever rules there is. Anyway, so yes, he's listening and he's now on. And I just want to welcome you so much for being here to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. I love you, brother. And yes, I have been on his podcast as he so just let us know. And thank you for being such a badass in the spiritual world. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me on Ancient Wisdom today. It's like such an honor. And I'm so grateful for the conversations that we've had together and the run-ins that we've had in New York City and the hugs and the love. And I've just like, I've learned so much from you and your wisdom that I feel so honored to be in conversation with you on this podcast. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So let's just dive right in. You know, you have this amazing book, Trust Your Truth, you know, heal, self-doubt, awaken to your soul's purpose and live your badass life, which you do so well. And to be able to demonstrate that and to put it into a book that allows people to really step into that playful, loving nature of just being in that space of, you know, the self where you talk about you belong here in this body and really getting into the root chakra of the Muladhara and all the beautiful things that I got a chance to be able to read in your book since it arrived. I just want to ask you, you know, can you share with us a little bit about how you started on your path to light and what did it feel like to be called a soul coach? Yeah. You know, I, my path to light has really been through in, in so many instances, just direct contact with the shadow and what I started talking about in the first chapter that you named, uh, you belong here in this body, is my core belonging wound is what I call it. And I think we all tend to have in these worlds, in, the, in, in this world, in these bodies, a core wound around belonging. And I grew up in Catholic school in Rockville, Maryland. And instantly from the time I was so super young, it's ridiculous. I'm talking like four or five, six years old. I was being called F-A-G-G-O-T. I was being called gay. I didn't even know what that meant. Shannon's a girl's name. I heard these messages and I felt these messages telling me, you are not okay. You do not belong. You are not right. And the truth was, is that I was a tender, sweet, geeky, soft, effeminate little boy. And there was no place for that in the school that I, I grew up in. And so instantly I was forced to reckon with, I'm different. And my experience of that, uh, you know, that, that, that's a trauma wound for me that I've had to really go back to and, and find power in the shadow of that experience and find my path to light. But I am so grateful for that experience now because, and maybe you listening have experienced this, Sharman Durek, perhaps you've experienced this too. When the world tries to tell you who you are, you're kind of forced into a reckoning of, wait a second, does that feel right for me? Am I this thing that I'm being called? 
am I wrong? Do I not belong? And so that experience growing up in Catholic school, a feeling like I did not belong in that school body, did not belong in my body, forced me to say, it, it forced me to develop some musculature around, wait a second, I get to decide who I am. And those defense mechanisms that I developed have helped me not take on other people's ideas about who I should be and rather ground into the truth of who I am. So as a soul coach to the other part of your question, what does it feel like to be, to be a soul coach? It's bringing people back to the wisdom that comes before we start digesting and processing and internalizing these false narratives and messages that we often get from society. And this is, I mean, this is so much of the work that you do is like coming back to that soul truth. The essence of who you are is always there alive and present within you, but we do need to detoxify and burn away the false narratives so we can come home to that truth. I love that. And that's so beautiful. You know, I, and I've gone through the same thing growing up. I was called, we have word in, in Tagalog called bayot, which is basically saying the same thing that you're, are you, would you spell it? Faggot. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Yes. Um, you know, and I was called sissy. I was called mahulani, which is the Hawaiian way of basically saying someone is gay, you know, all these different things because I was a very sensitive kid. And then what I did was I began to, you know, go in and say, okay, well, I can't change myself. So how do I, how do I become more of what they want? And then I would go and experience it and it just didn't feel right. And so I just basically let people know I'm a curveball that's being thrown to shatter your reality of your made up world. Mm. And that's why, and so I'm just, you know, basically the way I always looked at it is being this curveball that God throws to shatter the reality of people's made up world. And that I always love how creative God is. I think it was this wonderful conversation I had with uh, Kelly Rutherford, where she said that the world would be boring if we didn't have many spectrums and many colors and many shapes and many designs that come from the creator. And to be able to just be one would be boring and she wouldn't want to be here. And that's kind of how I look at it. And that's how I kind of look at, you know, people like yourself and I and other people who are just completely different is that, that when we were created, God broke the mold because there's no one like us and there's no one like you. And I think, you know, to have those experiences that you spoke about are so eloquent in the positioning of recognizing the power and the structures that, you know, we're wanting to control how human beings are being perceived and, and how creation actually creates to actually going, wait a second, you thought it's supposed to be this way, but God actually threw me in the mix to show you that you're so off track. So I'm just really grateful for you being true to who you are and being able to move through that. How did you learn and continue to surrender and listen to what you need? Mm. Yeah, I think, you know, the, it's been such a process. Well, first of all, like don't screw with the sensitive Scorpios, y'all. Because <laughs> we'll throw you the curveball. Shaman <laughs> <laughs> and Derek and I are both Scorpios. Um, Truth. Fun facts. <laughs> fun facts. Got they gotta come out. So yeah, the for me, the process of listening to what I need and listening to my truth is so often or has been so often by denying 
the wisdom and truth that lives within me. So like, for example, like I'll get a message from my body. My body will communicate to me in the form of a sensation or a pain or a a heat or just an embodied knowing what the truth is. And there have been so many times where I, where my mind has said, no, I don't want to do that. Or that's inconvenient. Or I don't want to have to like shift my life in that way. So the, all of those moments of what I call, you know, self-betrayal, not listening to the soul have been essential experiences for me to realize, whoa, 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 whoa. If you do not listen to that wisdom in your body coming from your soul, Shannon, you're going to make a mess. So it's going to be a lot easier for you to listen to that wisdom on the front end than to deal with the mess on the back end. You know, uh, Carl Jung, you know, founder of depth psychology and and you know the father of shadow work and 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 so many aspects of psychology that are really powerful when it comes to the unconscious mind. He said something that has really stuck with me in the last several weeks since I heard it, and it's what we don't consciously engage with what we choose to not consciously engage with becomes our fate. So when we ignore that wisdom within us, it'll come up in our lives, in a relationship, in something that will happen out there because the unconscious psyche will circle itself back and put itself right in our faces if we don't deal with it when we feel it internally. An example for me of of self-betrayal when I didn't listen that I think, you know, a lot of people can relate to is I was in a relationship for three years and we moved from New York to Los Angeles together. We, you know, did all the stuff together. We, you know, moved across the country, shipped all of our stuff from New York. We bought sofas and furniture. We got a car and and an apartment and all of this stuff. And there was a, the, the last year of the relationship, I felt in my body that something was off. And my body very clearly told me on many occasions throughout that year that my partner didn't want a monogamous relationship, which we were in, that he might've been cheating on me, that he had eyes for other guys, that things were happening. And my body told me so crystal clearly that that was the reality. And what I did was I would go to him And I would confront him about it. And I would tell myself, you know, I I want the truth. Tell me the truth. Like what's happening here? Is is there something happening here? And his woundedness showed up in the form of deflection, defensiveness, putting it back on me, kind of blaming me. What's wrong with you for, you know, not trusting me? Why can't you trust me? And I, instead of listening to myself, I bought into his narrative. Hmm. And the more that I did that, the more blame I put onto myself, what's wrong with me? Why am I so screwed up? Why do I keep fucking up this relationship? And the more power I was losing in my body. And what's so wild is about this is the night, I will never ever forget this night. The night in Los Angeles in our West Hollywood apartment, when he told me the truth, I literally felt my body become supercharged with energy. Like I, as he was telling me that he actually was cheating on me, information that's like not great information. I felt so empowered because I was realigning. My my nervous system was realigning with, with what I knew to be true. 
And as painful as that breakup was and, and that realization that I had betrayed my body's wisdom, I didn't listen to that information. I'm again, I'm so grateful for that lesson now because that made it so clear to me, Shannon, your gut wisdom is gold. This is your superpower. And if you do not listen to it, that there will be a cost. And if you do listen to it, there will be a great enhancement of your capacity as a human being and as a healer. And so, you know, the, the listening is real. So, you know, for folks listening, it's like to this conversation right now, it's like, what information is my body communicating to me? Is my soul communicating to me that might be inconvenient to actually take in and reckon with that we need to, that you need to reckon with in order to be in alignment with your soul's truth. It's it's a beautiful story and the way you're expressing it. I mean, there's a lot of people in the world who have had those experiences and you know, and instead of them doing what you did, which is to take that experience and feel that powerful charge of truth, that refinement of recognizing and acknowledging how powerful you are, they would use that energy to beat up on themselves and say, oh, they should have known better or they're, how, how come they're not good enough or how come they don't trust themselves? And then they would spiral even more in. How do you encourage others to be courageous in accepting every part of their human experience, the bad, the good, in the way that you have so beautifully just expressed? Mm, yeah. Like, you know, I thought a lot about this when writing the book, Trust Your Truth, because it's like, what is truth? Like truth is a thing that you can't quite put your finger on. You can't nail it down. You, you know, it's truth is like the breath. It's always changing and shifting and moving. And it requires our attention and our presence to come back to the practice of what is true right now. Mm -hmm. And like what you just said, Shaman Durek, like, for me, and I think just like the reality is, is that the truth is never just one perception or one absolute. The, the truth is the whole of our humanity, all of the colors of our emotional palette, all of the shadow and the light. The, the truth is our, is our capacity to hold this complex whole that makes up the whole of who we are. And so when we're, you know, beating ourselves up, like you said, and, and like someone's like, you know, what, what's wrong with me? Why, do, why am I doing this? You know, why is this happening again? A lot of times relationship patterns repeat themselves if, if we don't really learn the lessons. I couldn't get to empowerment if I didn't go through profound self-compassion. I mean, I had to have so much compassion for myself and, and therefore also my ex. I love him. I love, we had the most heartbreaking and beautiful breakup. Our breakup ceremony was just like heart wrenching and gold. Like it was so intentional and meaningful and, and also painful to let go of someone who I couldn't be in relationship with anymore. But I had to let myself feel all of it. I felt rage. I yelled at him. I cried. He cried in my face. We held each other. And then we separated and we stopped seeing each other. We didn't continue to be in each other's orbits because I had to find a way to move on. I had to find a way to let go. And so letting myself be mad, be sad, 
be happy, be grateful. Like letting myself move through all of those dynamic aspects of the human experience allowed me to embrace my spiritual, the spiritual reality that all of these experiences are my truth. And I'm not going to hide or suppress or repress any one of them because that's going to disconnect me from my humanity, which is my spiritual self. And I want to be as empowered as possible. So I want to incorporate and integrate all aspects and allow them to be here with me in this moment. I love that. And I think it's necessary to for people to get into that level of radical compassion and self-love, not from the state of, you know, following some idea or some routine that is, you know, told by the world that, you know, in order to love yourself, you have to do this, this or that, but really being able to create that space where they are learning about themselves and doing it from a place of excitement and joy, the good, the bad, whatever it may be, right? Because it's really not about the duality. It's about transcending those duals, the duality, but also allowing yourself to feel the emotion, allowing yourself to experience that. You know, it's the it's that it's that moment where people usually say about women, they'll be like, oh, she's, you know, guys will be like, oh, you're just so crazy. But in mm-hmm. truth, they're not. They're going through um, you know, a process of frequencies so that they can get to that really core rooted self. And I think that's so important, especially now where we are in our evolution, where people are masking a lot of what they're feeling in order to cope instead of just allowing themselves to be present with those energies. And those things are actually navigating them in in a greater experience of life. And speaking of navigation, how can we navigate chaos with ease? Mm. Oh my gosh. How can we navigate chaos with ease? Breathe. (laughs) Breathe, breathe, breathe. You know, I think the practice of, of yoga nidra has been so transformative for me and for my nervous system and for deconditioning capitalism and white supremacy and patriarchy from my own body. Because my yoga nidra teachers, Tracy Stanley and Chanti Takarante Perez, who I've studied with together, they have created the most beautiful space for rest and lying down as an active practice of engaging with the unconscious mind and with letting the goddess of yoga nidra hold the body. And so yoga nidra, for those who aren't familiar, is the practice of transformational sleep or it's enlightened sleep, or it's the practice of bringing the conscious to the unconscious and bringing the unconscious to the conscious. It's this merging liminal space, kind of like dreaming, but has the capacity to go even deeper into the sleep state. And so like, for example, how do we navigate chaos with ease? I laid my ass down in a yoga ninja practice a few weeks ago. And I know my yoga ninja practice is going to be good when I'm when I've been resisting it for a while, 
because there's so many reasons why I don't want to lay down, why I don't want to rest, why I don't want to surrender, why I don't want to stop the doing, right? Capitalism is do, 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 produce, produce, produce. And the practice of, of being held by the earth when we lay down and connecting to the earth and the goddess of yoga nidra is be, 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 rest and let go. And when I laid down a couple of weeks ago, I felt the energy of the mother with like a capital M, but also my mother. Mm. And I had this image, I, you know, I'm in grad school right now for depth psychology and we're going through a lot of like, like childhood development stuff and, and, and all of this content that we're learning about is bringing up a lot of content for a lot of people in my class. And especially I know for myself and I had this aha moment where as hard as I've been on my mom for the ways in which her childhood sexual abuse that she experienced influenced me in my early childhood years from like six, seven, and eight, I had lost connection with how amazing my mother cared for me in the ages of zero to four or five, which are really important years to, to be cared for. And so I laid down on my yoga mat for yoga nidra. And I felt my mom, I literally saw her and felt her holding me as a young baby. And I heard the words come in there, 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 there. It's just like the mother holding the baby, the, the me, the you, if you're listening to this, tapping into this energy. And I started weeping with gratitude for my mom because despite her, her trauma and despite what happened in later years as I got older and how that influenced me, she did an incredible job and continues to do an incredible job at holding me. And I was sobbing on my mat, feeling these moments of my early childhood, having memories flood in that I had long forgotten. It, you know, it's, it's so easy sometimes to identify with the wounds. I know for myself, like my inner victim, I can point out all these things that my parents did that kind of screwed me up or I'm, you know, processing or I need to integrate or I, you know, or have, have, you know, that I'm in debt because my parents did this or my, my ex did this. And yet there was something so healing for me about acknowledging the incredible aspects of, of my mother. And so here I'm sobbing on my, on my mat and it's just chaos and ease. And so like the you know long-winded answer to your question is i think we need to create practices for ourselves to just be because when we stop the doing when we actually stop and we breathe and we sit down on our cushions or we lay down and we tap in there is wisdom that can just flood almost instantaneously and that's the wisdom that we often avoid but if we have the courage to listen to it and, and feel it and integrate it can move us into the next phase of our evolution and of our healing. This is such a potent way of communicating and sharing the story. I mean, even just the whole understanding of yoga nidra and you going through that experience and hearing your mom's voice saying there, there has really touched me and just really in profound ways. It's really beautiful, you know, because a lot of times we spend more time focusing on the pain of things and not really focusing on the moments in our life 
you know, that we shared, we shared with people that we may find things wrong with them or things that we didn't like or things that have affected us in some form, in some way, or even trauma. But there are moments that it wasn't all that. And there's moments that there was care. There's moments that there was acknowledgement, even if in small ways, right? But it was still there. And being able to step into that practice and be able to have that very potent experience does create a rippling effect for all the other experiences that one would ever go through. And I think that's a really beautiful thing because we do need to recognize that more as human beings, instead of getting into the pity party of, you know, why we continue to allow those experiences that weren't so pleasant be the constant things that keeps the ropes and chains and bounds us and binds us to you know, our, our old memories and our old feelings and our, you know, our post-traumatic stress and all the other things that are being created evidently, you know, are happening simultaneously because we keep bringing our mind to it. And therefore the the energy of that keeps then coming back into our being. So our body mm. keeps thinking we're still there, you know, and oh I think, gosh, yeah. In, right. And then finding those those beautiful doorways of truth that lead you to a different experience that actually happened mm. at different momental times in your life that you didn't see because it was it was shadowed by the parts of you that couldn't come into that space of love and compassion and understanding and and just presence with it. And so therefore what you just explained was this beautiful doorway that you found and that led you into that space where there were information shared in your neurological system that and, and patterns that are in your limbic stem and energies that are been affecting you both on, you know, a physical, emotional level, but also how it's been affecting your, your systemic system and your central nervous system and your parasympathetic nervous system. And then thus going, oh, wait a second, look at this doorway. Oh, wait, they're there. All of a sudden, a stream of consciousness opens up and you're opening up this this blueprint of information you didn't realize was there. And then it triggers the emotions in a different way for release and cleansing and at the same time opening up that part of your your being that is creating that neuroplasticity that is allowing you to see possibility outside of the suffering or the pain or the hurt. So I think that's mm-hmm. a really mm-hmm. potent, very potent, I have to say. And I want to well, just ask- let me, let me share also, because I think it even takes it to, to like further, if I may, I'm sorry to interrupt, is- yeah, Go ahead. Is I then, I, I was like, I have to text my mom. I have to text my mom. Like I have to tell her. And I just- I sent her like the most beautiful text, like thanking her from the bottom of my heart. And so that, that connectivity and that truth and all of what you just described happening in the body then influenced the way I showed up in relationship with my mom. And I thanked her from the bottom of my heart, something that had been missing from my consciousness and my experience. I wasn't able to tap into the depth of level of gratitude that I could be having for my mom that that is true. And she started crying and reached out back to me and was like, I have always tried to be the best mother that I could possibly be. And I love you so much. And it, and you mean so much to me. And it makes me feel so acknowledged and loved that you feel the love that I've always tried to give you. And it meant so much to her that her love that she has, has actually been received by me. And so that, then it creates this neuroplasticity in relationship. And this is where I think the healing 
happens within us and then starts to move beyond us into our relationships, not only with the people, not only with my mom, but with the mother energy in all of the relationships that has not been as true as it could be because I was divorced from this aspect. Yeah, that's exactly it right there. And I think that is true, the true spiritual journey that I always talk about with people from the perspective of how everyone has these ideas about what spirituality is. And what I always say spirituality is, is true evolution. It's the ability to evolve and adapt and be able to understand how to create new relationships and forge new ways of interacting with the self, with food, with your environment, with people. And so what you just express is the true hero's journey, right? Because a lot of times people think the hero's journey is just going out there in the world and writing books and teaching your courses and, you know, getting on television or whatever it is. But the real hero's journey is to be able to follow those pathways in from the internal that actually creates a rippling effect from that to the external and then begins to touch the lives of people in a very real and authentic way. So I just want to commend you and um, hats off to you, brother, for being able to to share that journey with us and also to have taken that journey for us and for yourself because everything that you we do as individuals is also translating to us collectively. So we're very thankful for you and, and what you have ventured into and have discovered for humanity and for yourself. So thank you. Thank you. So I wanted to ask you, what have you remembered from your experience with rage and how can you tell us about what sacred rage is? Yeah, rage, rage, rage. <laughs> I, I uh, call rage in the book, like I liken it to New York City because they say, you know, in New York City, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. Mm -hmm. And I feel like rage is one of those emotions where if you can, if you can learn to work with rage, that, that wisdom and that, I don't want to say self-control, but that capacity to hold mm -hmm. and to process rage is going to also apply to other emotions, at least in my experience. And, you know, rage for me has been sacred because it's been something that I experienced when I adopted a puppy named Ginger. And if we think of just Ginger, Ginger is how is, is the name that this puppy came with. And we think of Ginger, Ginger is like kind of hot. It has like a spice to it. It has a kick and it can help us heal. Mm -hmm. And that's what Ginger brought to me. As I stepped into the role of father, I became Ginger's father and caretaker. I started to have to face in relationship with Ginger, my rage, which really surprised me and caught me off guard and brought up a lot of shame. So basically on a practical level, what this looked like is Ginger would, you know, pee on the couch or vomit on the floor, or, you know, chew a coffee table book, things that puppies do. And she would also require a lot of my attention. She was very athletic. We'd have to, you know, go on a lot of runs and puppy playtime. And, and she was taking up a lot of my, of my time. And there were moments where she would do something like, you know, screw something up in the house and I would become infuriated. I would be, become overtaken with rage. I would be yelling over her as she like cowered in the corner and I would see her looking up at me with such love and fear at the same time. And that was a mirror to me. And in those moments, I loathed myself. 
I was like, how can you be doing this to this precious being? And I was also like, how can you be doing this to yourself? And Ginger, Ginger's innocence, I think it's, you know, it was easier for me to yell at my ex because he did all this shit to me that justified my rage. Easier to be angry at my parents because they, it was justified, but Ginger did nothing. Shannon, this is about you. And so I was forced and invited to really look at this and, and take responsibility for it. And what I learned was, as I, as I really looked deep inside of myself, like, where is this coming from? I learned a couple of things. One, rage is fire. Fire. And there's nothing wrong about fire. We need it. It's why we're here. But fire can light a candle or it could burn down thousands of acres of land. And so when there is a fire in me, I need to be a steward of it and learn to wield it in a way that is not harmful to others and to myself. I am responsible for this passion and for this heat. The other thing that I learned was I, part of my, you know, when I went deeper, I was like, where is this rage coming from? And there's two places where I, where I was able to source the origins of this rage. And one was I was jealous of Ginger. I was jealous of how good I was taking care of her other than when I got mad. I was, t- I was just, you know, my whole calendar, my schedule, the food, the self-care, all of the care towards her. I was like, wait a second. I, I need to learn how to take care of myself. I'm, I'm in this new city. I just went through this breakup. I'm living alone. I need to learn how to take care of myself the way that I'm taking care of her. And then the other thing going even deeper Where is this rage sourced from? I connected to the father wound of my dad's impatience with me, Mm -hmm. my dad's rage. And then even further, I connected back to Daniel Algio, my, my father's father who immigrated from Ireland, worked for an oil company in Pennsylvania and never graduated sixth grade. And this man this beautiful Irish Catholic man with rosy cheeks and a beautiful heart was also abusive to my dad's siblings. And they would, you know, they would get the belt. And I realized that this rage was also intergenerational and that by me stepping into the role of father, I needed to reckon with all of the ways in which I have internalized patriarchy within myself and put so much pressure on myself as a man to be able to hold everything in my life on my own and not be held. This, this is what sent me into a lot of the work of, of, of connecting to the mother and yoga nidra. And so rage has been really powerful for me because the, the other thing I'll say about it that I think is really interesting is when my, I, I judged anger because I grew up seeing it in my dad and he would get impatient. And I saw his anger as toxic, as harmful, as, you know, lashing out. And so as I judged my dad's rage, I also made rage wrong in me, which meant that whenever I felt heat or anger, I didn't let myself express it. I I suppressed it. Mm-hmm. And when we suppress rage, you know this, or any emotion, it gets lodged in our being. 
and then will explode at a later date. And so I needed to learn healthy ways to release this rage, to release the fire and the heat. And, you know, a thing for me is like when I, when I go ape shit and I go a little crazy, like I will take a pillow and I'll beat the shit out of my couch because I'm allowed to feel this and I'm allowed to release this, but I'm not going to lash out at someone else. I'm not going to do something that's harmful. So finding ways to express it that are healthy has been like so incredibly transformative for me. You know, you just speak so wonderful. You are such an amazing speaker. You really are such a gifted soul. And I'm really happy that that we're friends and that you're here with us sharing with everyone in the tribe. In your book, Trust Your Truth, that um, moves through the seven chakras, why did you choose the chakras as a way to use that as a guiding point for people in your book? First of all, I, I love you and I'm so grateful to be in conversation with you. Thank you. Thank you to, to you, Shaman Durek. It's always a pleasure to resonate and share ideas and vibrations with you. And speaking of vibrations, the chakras are, there's just such an intuitive and innate wisdom to the system of the chakras. And in the yoga lineage, there was a sense of this wisdom before there was even, uh, you know, Western science and an understanding of these energy centers. But now we also know Western science knows that there are actually collections of nerves. They're called nerve ganglia, these connections of, of nerves in each of these seven energy centers. They are literally. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people don't know that. I'm glad you're talking about it. Yeah. And so, so these are nervous system portals of energy and they, they follow the length of the spine, which distributes information and communication throughout the nervous system. And when interacted with symbolically, you know, I have to take a bow to Carolyn Mace, the author of, uh, you know, the New York Times bestselling book of many books, but uh, one of them is Anatomy of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. I love Carolyn. Oh my gosh, she's she's incredible. And, and her Anatomy of the Spirit really inspired the framework for Trust Your Truth because I... I have found so much wisdom and truth in engaging with these unique energy centers. And each of them has a color, you know, the red, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple, all the way through the spine. And I wanted to take readers on a journey of exploring what feels true in each of these energy centers. You know, that there's not just this one absolute truth, but there are colors of truth. And when you learn to work with yourself as an energetic being on every level, then you embody the rainbow of truth and can shine in the full colors of who you are. So yeah, I basically just want to have like a rainbow light party with all my, all my trust your truth peeps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I base, I, I love, we have in uh, shamanism, we call it spectrum energy and it's, it's when you're able to move through the different frequencies of spectrum that bring in different levels of intelligence and perception in ways in which you see and navigate life through observation, feeling and connection relationship and being present with earth and nature and animals 
goals, as well as your ability to be open in your your data and fluidness between the masculine and feminine energy. So you're not you're not opposing either or and you're allowing the beautiful essence of spirit to move through you where you're not listening to the voice of your mind, which is a polarity organ. You're actually paying attention to the wisdom of the heart. So I love that because that's, they're very, a lot of cultures that you speak about are very similar and in sequence to shamanism. So that's why I really love, you know, just sharing all types of information on ancient wisdom today, because it's, it's really about bringing those beautiful wisdoms and then seeing how they bridge into one another so beautifully. I just want to, uh, how can people get your book and how can people find you? Mm. Yeah, thank you. Trust Your Truth is the book. And it's, you know, trust your truth, heal self-doubt, awaken to your soul's purpose and live your badass life. And the book is at trustyourtruthbook.com, trustyourtruthbook.com. And you can buy it, you know, locally at an independent bookstore. It's also on Target and Amazon and Barnes and Noble. It's available worldwide. The published date is March 1st. And also there's a bunch of bonus gifts. There's a guided meditation album with meditations to go with each chapter and each chakra. There's also some yoga nidra and deep relaxation practices and a movement medicine, dancing, twerking, emotional release practice. So yeah, I would be honored if you know anyone listening to this book wants to go on this journey and explore more of, of your truth. I'd be honored if you if you got a copy of the book and make sure to take a photo of it and tag me and Shaman Dirk because I would just light up to see the book in your hands. Absolutely. And we should also do something at some point on Clubhouse too, called the Trust Your Truth Room that we should definitely do. So I am so honored to have had you here on Ancient Wisdom today. And I love you dearly. And thank you for being on this planet and just being you and honoring your truth amongst all the things that we're opposing it and being able to shine so beautifully and being like that flower that grows through the cement and shining that light to the world and radiating it so that other people can radiate their light through you showing them how to do so, so beautifully and eloquently and also potently, which is really important, that potentness of the the message that you bring through your story and the way in which you move into those different levels of dimensions of thoughts and emotions and so forth and really being able to you know, to really give us an understanding of the reflection um, through your life experiences and how that actually translates into things that we've gone through and how we can move ourselves from, you know, being in that fear and that lack and not trusting ourselves to being in the center of our truth and the center of our trust. And thank you for writing such a beautiful book, Trust Your Truth. I love you so much and thank you for being here. I love you, Shaman Dirk. I just want to take a moment to say I have so much love, gratitude, and respect for who you are as a human being, as a spiritual being, as a teacher. I have an incredible amount of respect for the way that you speak into the depth of who you are and are able to bring people to clarity and resonance and love within themselves. And so to be able to flow with you is just a true um, a blessing for me. And I want to thank you for the work that you consistently do in the world to bring your voice and, and the messages of your heart out because it's having a huge ripple effect in our world. And thank you for you. 
Oh, I'm so honored by your acknowledgement. I really appreciate you. That means a lot. Blessed be the heart. Oh, I love it. So thank you, my darling. And we'll talk again. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, Tribe. I'm so happy that we had Shannon Algio on our podcast to share about his new book, Trust Your Truth. I think, you know, it's so important for us to be able to get into that place of learning to trust our truth and open ourselves up to becoming the most empowered, present and alive person in, you know, on this planet for ourselves, for our friends and for our family. And I think the story that he told about how to step into that space from the things that he went through, you know, can you imagine you're growing up in a world where you're told to be macho, be this guy, and this is how you're supposed to be. But again, that's not how you're feeling inside. That's not how your energy is feeling. That's not how your emotions are feeling. And you have more of a sensitive, more loving, more nurturing nature. And everyone around you says that's wrong and you shouldn't be that way. And you have to change yourself. Well, how many people have gone through that? I mean, I've gone through that. I grew up with a very strong father, very masculine father, you know, and for me being this very sensitive, you know, like present, you know, loving guy who just really wants to listen to people and hear them and hold them and connect with them and just like have a cuddle party with them and so forth. My dad saw it as the most ridiculous thing you can imagine. The idea that I want to hug someone, the idea that I want to listen to someone and be in their emotions instead of direct them and tell them what I want them to do and get it done. My father was that type of person and he believed that a man is someone who basically is the the leader of the home and he says what goes and anyone who disagrees, they can't. It's just not allowed. And so he he, he chose to make me believe that being a man was about being strong, not having emotions, getting things done, making money, being powerful and like holding strong to what I believe, even if I know I'm wrong. And that didn't support me at all because what I found in that experience was that it literally limited me from being able to see how deep and profound I was within my emotional feelings because my emotional feelings were such at a degree that I could actually feel other people's emotions and I could feel the trees and I can feel nature and all these things. So he's telling me to shut that off, which was literally my navigational tool to understanding humanity and actually being able to feel comfortable in my body on this planet where a lot of times you know, people don't realize that when we shut those emotions off, when we, we change ourselves to fit what other people want, we are actually cutting away our natural energies or our natural gifts that were given to us that we chose to take before we left heaven and chose a human form to come into this planet and be a part of this beautiful connection of helping our brothers and sisters remember and find the lost souls who've forgotten and bring them back into remembrance so that we can lift and shift this planet into fifth dimension. So if we are to take on what someone else says as the value of our own spirit. We're actually basically saying our spirit has no value at all and therefore we're no longer ourselves and we're just basically a ghost in the shell living in this empty void waiting for someone to come in and fill us up with a bunch of stuff that they want us to fill us up with and basically design our lives for us that are not our lives and turn on and turn and shift the cranks inside of us and through fear and through expectation and through all of these other things and we literally become these very people-pleasing people who are walking around, not really having an opinion of our own, but just kind of saying yes in any place we can get love and acknowledgement. And that actually is not okay. And I think that, you know, Shannon's book, Trust Your Truth, is important because we do have truth. We have this intrinsic wisdom inside of us that gives us the ability to recognize what is right for us and really what is not in alignment for us. And it's not about being wrong for us. It's just what's not in alignment for us. 
because that alignment factor is so important, especially when it comes with the idea that when you are operating in this field of intelligence, the more and more you get to actually understand yourself is the more and more you actually become more powerful. And the more you begin to understand what other people think of you is the more you actually become weaker and smaller and more insignificant because you're actually don't realize that the more autonomy you have and the more you're maintaining that level of autonomy, despite if 20,000 people or 50,000 people or a million people think you're absolutely crazy and wild and bonkers, right, is the way in which you hold your light frequency for the planet. Because you see, you were created to hold a light frequency for the planet. That's the reason why you were created. There's no one else who can hold it. I can't hold it for you. And the person next door can't hold it for you. And the person you saw today at the grocery store can't hold it for you. Only you can hold it. And so we're always trying to do this pass off where we want to give someone our power and then have them do it for us. And then when things don't work out, we get upset with them because, you know, they were the ones who were supposed to figure it out. We do that with our parents. We do that with our authority figures and we do that with our guardians. And we do that in relationships and we do that with our children and we do that, you know, we have our children even do that to us. And the key element is, is every time we do this pass off, right? We're not just passing off responsibilities and ideas and concepts. We're actually saying, I don't matter in my existence that for the purpose of that existence and why spirit brought me here on this planet and why I elected to come has no value or principle to the likeness of my design being necessary for the main design of us being able to create sustainability on this planet in alignment with nature and alignment with everything around us. So basically what you're saying is, is that God made a mistake if you want to look at it like that. And God doesn't make mistakes. Basically, let me put it to you this way. Spirit or energy is so conscious and so intelligent that it doesn't make mistakes. Okay, when we are bringing in consciousness and we are directing energy, we make mistakes because of the fact that we operate in this field to not go into the higher intelligence of spirit, which is held in love and it's held in cooperation, connection, togetherness. It's all inclusive and it's all supportive and it's all about thriving and growing and expanding and amplifying. So depending where we are in the scale of energy, if we're operating in lower frequency, we're operating from self. We're operating from the idea of protection, the need to to survive and the need to do whatever it takes, even if we have to hurt another person to be able to make sure that that is taken care of. Because the love energy or the intelligence energy, which comes from source, is not at the highest frequency, meaning that there's not enough intelligent information being processed at those lower density frequencies. So because we live in duality, right, we want to be able to get out of that space and we want to lift that frequency into the place of what we call peer intelligence. Peer intelligence means that it's an intelligence that doesn't just support you. It supports not only you, but the people around you, not only the people around you, but the nature itself, not the nature itself, but the animals and the planet and everything else. But so every time you're untruth to yourself, every time you're not being true to your, who you are, right? Like if I go to someone's house and I know I don't like Chinese food, I'm not saying that I don't because I do, but let's say I, I don't, right? 
and they feed me and they put on the table Chinese food and I go and eat it just out of being polite because they put Chinese food on the table, I'm actually telling myself that my needs or who I am doesn't matter as long as they like me, love me and appreciate me. Now, liking, loving and appreciation are really subjective based on each person's understanding of liking, understanding of loving and understanding of being appreciated. That means what? That means that the idea and the quality of love that I'm getting from another person can only be perceived on how I actually am able to receive love for myself. So someone could be pouring you like so much love and so much care and everything. And literally you are only feeling a 10% of it when they're giving you like 500% of it. And that's because your perception and your allowance is based upon how you treat yourself and what you allow yourself to give to yourself and acknowledge about yourself. And that's why it's so important to thy own self be true. It's literally the conversation of relationship with the self. It's that the more you are able to be in relationship with you, the more people can be in relationship with you. The more you're willing to give to yourself, the more you're able to receive from others. The more you're able to acknowledge yourself, the more many things you'll see from people will be able to tell you beautiful things about yourself. And the more you're able to lift yourself, the more people are there to hold you up and stay lifted. So again, we get into this understanding that, oh, wow, wait a second. So I have the capability to shift the narrative of my life just by getting into my own truth. And that's what I love so beautifully about Shannon's new book, because it's really giving you tools to understand it. And it's giving you tools to understand it from the perspective of the chakras, which is really great because the Sanskrit wheel, the chakras plays an integral part in a lot of what you see in today's spiritual context of community, conversation, and, you know, everywhere you pretty much see everyone talking about the chakras, right? But really being able to understand how to use that as a guideline to your intelligence and recognizing the energies that you're creating out in the world are creating for yourself is really, really important. And so when you get into that space and you recognize that space, you understand like, wow, this is an opportunity for me to up-level my life just by acknowledging me, acknowledging my life. How many people actually really acknowledge their life? How many people are so busy looking at what celebrities are doing and what this person is doing, what that person is doing, that we don't really take inventory on who we are, what we're doing, what we're creating, what we're making real in our life or not real in our life because of the fact that we're taking on what other people believe and how other people are choosing to perceive and understand that. So, you know, one of the things I love is that in his new book, he's talking about practicing grounding, practicing breathing and practicing healing energy. And really when he goes into it, he's saying that belong to your true self. Like you are the only person that holds the key to your happiness. You are the only person that holds the key to your well-being. You are the only person who holds the key to you being prosperous in abundance. You are the only person who holds the key. So when you belong to your true self, you are actually creating a new definition. So instead of seeking validation from others and instead of constantly feeling like you're not enough, instead of believing what people say to you, when it's coming from a negative place and distrusting others because you're distrusting yourself and all of these things. So the, the need to crave acceptance 
but you don't ever really feel it is because you're not creating it for yourself. You're not creating this inner wellspring of love and connection and devotion to you, but instead you're operating in this field of intelligence, of depletion, lack, limitation, and scarcity, right? So when you begin to accept yourself and you begin to, you know, believe that people do love you because you love you, even if they don't, it doesn't matter because you operate in the field of love for yourself. That intelligence in itself creates a beautiful energy source that sustains you. So even if someone is not loving you or rejecting you, it won't affect you, right? So if they're rejecting you, it won't affect you. Yes, because you'll see it as a blessing that that person is doing that because it means they're not supposed to be in your life because anyone who rejects you obviously is basically the, the design of life is saying that person's not meant to be in your life. So let them go on their merry way. Right. And you're measured the success based on how true you can be to yourself. So the more you begin to be true to yourself, the more you begin to love yourself, the more you begin to nurture yourself, care for yourself and honor yourself. That is the level of success that you're able to create in the world because you'll be able to create success and amplify that because of the way you're doing it with yourself, right? So when people always are like, oh my God, I'm so afraid to be alone. What do you be? What do you mean you're afraid to be alone? You're afraid to be alone with yourself? which you're not really alone. And there's so many levels of you and so many amazing things about you that you can discover that literally you can literally go into a space where you don't even realize that all those levels and all those many beautiful things about you can never, ever, ever end or come to some finish line because you are a multidimensional being. So there's so much to learn, so much to experience and so much to gardener through all of that, right? So as you move through all those energies, you're able to take on a different viewpoint on yourself and how you're relating to the world in which you live. You're not operating in this, oh, I need someone to fill me up. I need someone to tell me amazing I am. I need someone to, to appreciate me at work so that way I feel like I'm acknowledged for what I'm doing for this company or what I'm doing in general. I need my kids to acknowledge me. I need my husband to acknowledge me. I need my wife to acknowledge me because if not, then I'm going to go cheat and be with the woman who does or you know any of these things. Or if my husband doesn't acknowledge me, then I'm going to go be with another man because then he'll give me the acknowledgement I'm looking for. I said, why don't you acknowledge you, right? You acknowledging you is the greatest thing you can do because you're giving your back your power. And the power that you, you thought you didn't have was only there because you weren't acknowledging it within yourself. So in order to truly be in truth with yourself, right? You must have the courage to see yourself, love yourself and honor yourself. And so what I love about, you know, Shannon and what he's talking about in his new book is really giving you some really beautiful guidelines. And I say guidelines, I mean like signposts that are like, hey, go this way to love yourself, to go that way to not love yourself. And here's how you love yourself. So follow this, this path into loving yourself. And I think, you know, he, he does it in such an eloquent way and it's very beautiful. And I think that if we all as people continue to operate in a field where we begin to start looking at ourselves and start having a real relationship with ourselves and start giving ourselves the opportunity to develop our emotional intelligence to understanding that our emotional intelligence and the way that we've been socially learning has, has been incorrect because we're still operating in codependency. So the moment we get out of codependency and we get into recognizing our autonomy and recognizing how kick-ass we are, we are going to see our lives be the most successful, happy, playful, fun, exciting, exhilarating level of joy and happiness. And we all have the ability to do that. And we all deserve to live a good 
life. Love you. I've created the Healing Temple because people all over the world want and need healing, but don't have the access to those healers or can't afford them. One of the biggest high-ticket items in the world today is remote healing, but some sessions cost hundreds to even thousands of dollars. And for only $10, the Healing Temple is a collective space for people to come together every Friday for 30 minutes. Participants are opening a wellspring of abilities, alleviating stress and brain fog, where the mind becomes more optimized and performance-based, and where you learn to utilize energy to up-level your consciousness. The Healing Temple also helps to break down walls where you begin operating in awareness of wellness, feeling ambitious and inspired like things are really changing in your life. Inside the Healing Temple, you're also stepping into a world where you might experience phenomenons that you thought wasn't possible. Something as small as a chill or the hair standing on the back of your neck becomes like an opening door. Some members have even said they've experienced increased psychic abilities and that these sensations have intensified with following sessions. I've trained my powers to impact change and I've learned how to get results. Who doesn't want to feel good? The Healing Temple is not only beneficial to you, but also to those around you. Because when you're feeling good, you shine that positive energy onto others. Your partner, your children, co-workers, even your dog or your cat. Everyone around you begins to feel better because you are feeling better. It's a rippling effect that's much needed on this planet. We need the Healing Temple more than ever right now because of all that's happening in the world, the social political structures, calamities, chaos, and feelings of hopelessness and despair. The social climate is on high and this pressure cooker is taking a negative toll on how many of us feel. The Healing Temple offers comfort on a global level because when more people are feeling good, the more kindness, generosity, and realness is generated. For only $10, I invite you to become part of the community that seeks to do good, to feel good, and to make this world a better place. Go to shamandurek.com and click the Healing Temple to join our wellspring of healing, restoration, and elevated consciousness. See you in the temple. Thank you so much for tuning in to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. Tribe, I love you all so much. And if you want to stay connected, be sure to check me out on IG at Shaman Durek. And if you have any questions whatsoever, please visit shamandurek.com or contact info at shamandurek.com to learn more. And remember, tribe, no matter what, stay lit. Stay lit.